Luke, is that you? Yo, buddy. Hey, man. Good to run into you. Dude. We're back, man. Yeah, shit. We are back, brother. Hey, hey you're Luke Beeman. Yeah. And I'm Braden Valley, and yeah. we, this is Dead Last Podcast. You guys remember us? Man. I don't remember them. It's been a long time, dude. I know. It's been quite, an, uh, quite a hiatus here. Yeah, and, and instead of uh, me singing a song I just played, my friend's band, that's Elephant by his album Bellwether on uh, SoundCloud. Elephant with Y. So nice. if you guys want to play your music at the beginning, just tell us, and if we like it, we'll play it. Because I'm sick of singing songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, things are going to be different around here now. Yeah, things are changing. Now, that we're, now that we're back. We're back. It's been, um, it's been what, like a month and a half? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, Luke was in Thailand. Luke was yeah. sick. Yeah. And I was sick. Yeah. And things happened. We missed our... Uh, we missed our anniversary. Woo! <laughs> yeah, sounds like my wife. Month. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this for like a year. Yeah. So we have like what, 17 episodes hmm. after a year. Which is okay. We started wanting to do it bi-monthly, but it ended up being monthly, really. Mm-hmm. Well, more than monthly because we have 17, but not 12. So like, I'll take that, you know? Well, I think we wanted to do bi-weekly first. <laughs> that seemed That proved difficult. Bi-weekly. Oh, I guess we did. Right. Hey, you know, things happen. We're really busy, you know. We're busy guys. I start getting more shows. You yeah. are always busy and yeah. just piece of shit in general. Yeah. And like, Absolutely. But, you know, things happen. We're back. We're back here tonight. Guest list, just a basic two. You yeah. Know? I feel like we'll ease back into this. Get back to form. Uh, there we go. There, you know I mean? there, it, there is. it is. That's hey, a, daddy. We missed that sound. We missed it. Uh, so how was Thailand, dude? Yeah, Thailand was uh, it was crazy. It was a crazy adventure. Um, I went with a couple childhood friends to visit our buddy who's been living out there for three years, and um, he's been opening a restaurant of his own, a couple restaurants. And so we hung out with him and a couple of his friends that live in Bangkok, and we went all over the country, Bangkok, Pattaya, Chiang Mai. And it was during their New Year's festival, which is called Songkran, which is basically the entire country turns into a block party in a water fight. Damn. So everyone's got super soakers and buckets of water, and they're just dumping water on each other, jumping on cars. It's chaos. Like a hundred people died. Really? I, yeah, actually, yeah. like two hundred people, I think. Like people die every year. It's it just they it's just, just skeletons. Just get them. Yeah, they just leave the skeletons and the lining the streets. It's mostly like car accidents because yeah. I mean it's in all the streets. People are just like shooting super soakers and dancing and getting drunk. I, it's total chaos, but it's so fun and it's such innocent, pure fun. You just well, would I never see that here. 200 deaths, there's probably a bunch of murder. It's probably not all innocent fun. Like, there's a it's lot of people most, dying. I'd say it's like, it's yeah. not innocent fun. It's like, that s- many it's like 80% innocent fun, 20% <laughs> people dying. I don't know the exact population of Thailand. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was great. But, um, so there was a lot of, like, um, water coming at you, and I got an ear infection over there. 
um, <clears throat> I was sitting, you're sitting, you, you take these cabs places and there's like windows and you keep them open and people come and dump water on you. Ha <laughs> ha. You nice. know, it's fun. And somebody just like got me really hard with a bucket of water. And I was like, that hurt. Damn. And so I got an ear infection and it got worse. And then I, I took like these Thai antibiotics. So I was putting drops of something in my ear and it seemed to get better. And I stopped taking them, which is foolish. Don't stop taking your antibiotics, kids. Mm-hmm. You need to take it all the way through. You need to take it all the way through. Antibiotics, yeah. Yeah. So it came back like with a vengeance. And I know we were, that was right when I had gone back and we were talking about getting back in the studio. And I was just like, I, it just fucked with me so hard. I was having <clears throat> like fever dreams, hot sweats, like vertigo, like the most intense, weird shit were all side effects of this ear infection. Damn. And it sucked. I was on the road playing shows while all this was happening. So, yeah, I just, like, didn't let my body adjust, and the 17-hour fucking plane ride, it was more than that, like, Damn. really aggravated it. So, I was, like, super sick, but, you know, I'm back, I'm dry, and Thailand, baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Did you go to the David Carradine Memorial Closet uh, Hotel? No. no, I did not. Do no, you that. didn't? Okay. No. You gotta hit that. You gotta hit that up. No, I did. I wasn't aware of that. They have a plaque. Okay. Uh, where he was found. Really? In the closet, yeah. Okay. And um, there's a bunch of Kill Bill posters and Kung Fu posters in there, too, framed. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I didn't check that out, but um, I'd recommend... Yeah, hey, next time. Yeah, next... Well, I'm not, I don't think I'm going back. Um, That was enough for me. Too, I mean, much, too, too much death. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the, the festival, it takes a lot out of you, man. We also, like... Our uh, our tour guide, as it were, who's just like my friend, was really trying to push us. He's like, one of you will expire, he kept okay. saying to us. Like, we went on bamboo rafting, and all our phones got ruined, and we were, like, falling into rocks. It was a treacherous, perilous journey. Oh, so no wonder people keep dying. There are people like that. We're well, that like, wasn't yeah. even part of the I, festival. You're my, we were just you're doing my friends, and I want one of you guys to die. Right, yeah. If that's That'll th- make this a satisfying that, festival for me. Right, that's Sacrifice. the attitude over there. <laughs> exactly. So my restaurants can be good. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm coming, you know, he, he's coming back to visit Boston. So I'm like, yeah, I'll get you back. I'll... uh I'll take you down. I'll drive you down Newberry Street the wrong way or something. Yeah, hell yeah. Take him to like Purgatory Chasm. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take him to Lolita, up. the vampire bar, um, near downtown. There's a vampire bar. Have you not been there? No. Oh man, I figure that's where you would like pick up girls. It's what? It's like a vamp. It's like a goth bar. Yeah, it's called Lolita. It's a straight up vampire bar. Anyone in Boston, this place is right by the Copley Tea Stop. Right, like at the like where Newberry and Boylston. Uh, intersect and it's right where Copley is. It's a tiny little red sign, Lolita. My buddy, who I went to go visit, Green, he showed me this place. He used to be like general manager at a back bay social club, so he took me to this place, Lolita. You go in, you go downstairs. It's all gothic. It's all they serve you things in like cauldrons and like smoking glasses. And uh, the the main thing I remember on the bathroom, instead of men and women, it's Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it, it's a trip. Wow. Yeah, I I think that'd be a good place for you to go and hang out and creep on people. Uh, is this shit still playing? Hopefully it doesn't pick up. I don't think it will. Um, I don't hear it. Damn, dude. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so it, what, do, yeah, what have you been up to, man? You go to Thailand? Oh, uh, no, nah, man. I've just been up to, like, other <laughs> cool stuff, man. Uh, I am in a Hate Reads book club. Speaking of vampires, I'm in a Hate Reads book club uh, that my girlfriend that? started. Basically, we read uh, books that are bad. Oh, we okay. meet up when we talk about it in this month. read? Yeah, this month is Twilight. Oh, okay. so I'm pretty deep in the vampire stuff right oh, now. Oh no! Wait, yeah. are you reading all the Twilight books? Just the first one. How is it? It's pretty bad. 
<laughs> pretty bad. I got a lot of problems. There are a lot of issues with like what's everything that's happened. I heard it was written. It sound it reads like it was written by like a thirteen year old's diary or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. This vampire was so hot. I don't. Know, I don't. I don't want to blow my load on it too much, but like, yeah. it's just the, the whole idea of a hundred year old vampire falling in love with a seventeen year old girl, who is first of all just the most boring person in the world. Kristen like, Stewart. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. It's bothersome. Yeah, those uh, bothersome is definitely one way to describe that it's franchise. Bothersome. That's a big gap. Like my mom dates someone my age, and that's like you know, right. that's like the maximum we yeah. deal with. <laughs> Not a hundred year old to a seventeen yeah. year old. Like there's a big disparity. Like you've, <laughs> there's so many more amazing people. You're dating a child. Like right. you're a fucking idiot. Right. And there's not like anything. I mean, if it's anything like Kristen Stewart's portrayal in the movie, her character wasn't exactly likable. Her, her character traits are that she's clumsy and she blinks a lot. That's, I guess that's better than that's constantly touching her. her hair. That's the only yeah. thing I remember about those movies. Is Kristen Stewart like, mm, I just like I like vampires. Yeah, but she like I also uh, like girls. Oh yeah, puts her hair behind her ear a bunch. That happens in the in the book. I think. Oh no, but in the movie. In the I movie, it does. I was gonna yeah. say okay, if she did that based off the book. That's putting okay. hair behind her ear to express emotion because she doesn't really have any. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, that sounds like love. Hey, what can you do? You know, vampires. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy world. <laughs> Wish I was a mummy or something so yeah. I could you know get with Kristen. Cool mummy. Harder to date mummies. I guess it's true. Maybe that's be the next thing. Maybe I feel like the Tom Cruise mummy is probably bringing like sexualized mummies to the forefront. I can't wait to not watch that movie. Hey, you know, it's a shared universal monster universe, dude. Not into it. You're not into this. I'm into the... You like horror. How do you not like Dracula Unchained? <laughs> or <laughs> I, Frankenstein? All of I the, don't... What do, you, what do you want? These movies have just been blowing it in such a cataclysmic level it's unbelievable to me i mean i'm like in the universal movies that's cool they're remaking even the uh the wolfman was so awful yeah with true. antonio banderas and but i'll tell you what uh, did you see kong i haven't yet i liked kong kong was good i watched last few horror movies i watched was the void and uh train to busan oh you watched train to busan train to busan great yeah cool uh, you know especially because uh, zombies have been such a tired uh, idea, I think, for a long time. Yes. I just avoid those movies now and yeah. everything about it, but it was great. It was good. It was really great, yeah. That's cool. South Korea is still killing it. Right, um, the zombie game. And uh, The Void, fantastic. You That's the, watch the new it. Void. Or is it yes. new? Or? Yeah, this is new. It just came out okay. like last month. Oh, that new. Is it in theaters? Uh, they played it twice at Coolidge. This isn't that, out that movie that was on crowds. Netflix. That, this is a different movie. Uh, I don't the know. If it's, I don't know if it's on Netflix now. It has like a neon cover. Maybe is a triangle? No, no, I'm thinking of something different. You're thinking of Into the Void or something? Yes, that's Into, different. Yeah, it's much different. Okay, uh, it's a horror movie that just came out. It's uh, you can watch it. Uh, you can stream it on Amazon or iTunes. It's worth like seeing. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. Want to give us now, a brief synopsis of it? Uh, sure. Uh, so basically, this cop finds a guy, brings him to a hospital that's been in the process of being shut down after a fire. Mm -hmm. So it's like very minimal staff, mm -hmm. and uh, some crazy stuff starts happening. Okay. Uh, lots of practical effects. It's pretty much all practical effects, and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of monsters. Cool. Um, it's great. It's like a uh, Event Horizon combined with the Thing combined with Hellraiser. What? Yeah. Well, I want to see it. I mean, it doesn't seem like that from the trailer, but it really is. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. I'm gonna look it pretty up. Pretty cool. Um, so I wanted to share with you quickly. Um, mm -hmm. on my two 20-hour plane rides to Thailand, I watched a couple movies. I wanted to give a real brief synopsis. Okay. Yeah, let's go for it. <clears throat> okay, so this is just, th and these are some of the newer movies. There's four total. So um, on the way there, I watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. 
Okay. You see Harry that? Potter. New Harry yeah. Potter. Love Harry Potter land. Yeah. And uh, down in Florida there. Oh, yeah. Have you been there? The, the Potter yeah, it's world? Great. Yeah, Potter it's cool. World rules. I want to go. It looks awesome. My favorite place down there. Yeah, I bet. Um, this movie's terrible. Um, I watched it. I saw it in theaters, actually, on this like giant IMAX screen. I was like, okay, that was fun. And then I watching it, it is so bad, dude. It's just like this autistic guy like looking for his possum the whole movie. Yeah, he's got all these like weird little like possum Has anybody seen my possum? Like, get out of the way, wizard! Eddie Edward Redmayne. Yeah, he sucks in this man. Yeah. I don't know what. I his don't know deal. how I feel about that dude. He, I feel <laughs> like he really jumps the shark. I feel like he cover like he like covets himself as like a Daniel Day Lewis. Well, he like won the Oscar for right. Yeah, for uh, the Stephen Hawking. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, throw a guy in a wheelchair, he'll give you awards, you know, as the saying goes. Uh, but like him, ever see him in Jupiter Ascending? Oh yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is going on in that movie? Wh- wh- whisper yelling the whole time. I will kill him. <laughs> what the hell is going on in that movie? Uh, awful. <laughs> so yeah, this is another uh, Ed- Edward Rayman movie to avoid. So the whole he's just looking for his possum the whole movie and at the end he casts a spell he's like possum come here and his little possum thing comes floating towards him it's like are you fucking kidding me like this whole movie is about this guy looking for these magical creatures that have gone on the loose and he has a spell that can just make them all come to him possum returno <laughs> that movie's terrible um next one La La Land fuck that movie I'm not didn't like talk it about it. No. you're not a musical guy I mean. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't go out of my ways to see. You don't hate them, but you didn't. You know. I like the old. You know, okay. sure, like some old time ones. This was just so cheeseball, and even like as a musician, it was. Just, it it didn't get anything right. It was really obnoxious and stupid. Okay. Hey, fair enough, dude. Um, Manchester by the Sea. I regret not seeing that on IMAX 3D when I had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't translate yeah. on those tiny yeah. airplane Wide screen. screen. Yeah third dimension you can really see the tears really <laughs> fall out you can feel yeah. the sadness yeah okay so yeah it didn't translate but it was a great post-credit stinger scene Ooh, wow for a sequel they're setting up a, a shared <laughs> yes a, a shared, shared universe <laughs> with uh all the other casey affleck films yes gone baby gone and uh <laughs> yeah the assassination of jesse james it's, yep. se- it, it's yeah. a, actually it sets up assassination of jesse james it, oh, it wow. turns out that it, it, out of the death of his family he discovers time travel Oh, he wow. goes back and he kills Jesse James. So that was good. Mm-hmm. That made up for the rest of the movie. Uh, the thing about Manchester by the Sea, uh, I've done a couple shows, uh, comedy shows in Gloucester. Mm. And what I've learned about Gloucester is they, they fucking hate Manchester by the Sea. Right? Like the town or like the movie? I, the town. Oh. Like they somehow whenever I've gone up there, it always just comes up. Like they want to talk about it. They want to talk shit about Manchester. Really? I can't imagine why it's portrayed in such a positive light in that movie. Because they're like, you know, they're fucking rough and tumble fishing town in Manchester by the sea. is like, it's so much fucking better than us, you know? (laughs) Uh, And they shot most of Manchester by the sea in Gloucester. (laughs) So they were so pissed about that too. They're like, you only going to come here and shoot Manchester by the sea. Like, like, (laughs) they did not like it at all. Man, I just like coming back Big on divide. the plane from Thailand, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going home. And there's like this, t- like there's just a scene of him like sitting in traffic and like the rain and snow in Boston. I'm like, sweet. Like, this is going to be super amped to get back to Boston. <laughs> Wouldn't watch that again. Okay. And then my last one was Moby Dick, the original one, like with Gregory Peck. You oh, hell it? yeah, dude. Gregory Peck rules. I haven't seen that one. The only Moby Dick I've ever seen is the Patrick Stewart miniseries. Okay. 
Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. From like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This movie sucks. Really? <laughs> like, oh yeah. man, Gregory Peck rules. Gregory Peck does rule, and I was like, oh, this will be a fun old C romp. I mean, I had, I surmise that this must have been where Hollywood realized that they need screenwriters. Yeah. Because, like, the most of the movie is just, like, long soliloquies from the book. It's just Gregory Peck, like, standing on a boat, just like, and I do wish to he's, he's Ahab upon the whale. Yeah. And it, hmm. how old is he? Is he. I mean, they make him look older. They give him, yeah. like, the, you know, like, splash of gray and stuff. But, like, dude, yeah, it just, like, it's such a boring fucking movie. It's all just him talking and so little, and it's, by the end of the movie, I was just like, dude, what? And, like, I started watching it, and there was this guy in front of me watching it as well. So every now and then I'd kind of, and he started it before, so I'd be I'd check up on, like, what's going to happen in, you know, ten minutes. And I was like, oh, Gregory Peck appears to still be talking on a boat. It's just, like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was like, you know, it's it's John Huston directed it. It's supposed to be this epic movie, and it just it was so boring and stupid. Hmm. It, it was no Heart of the it. Sea. Heart of the Sea. Well, I like that book. So those are my, uh, that, that's my four mini-reviews of my my nice. plane ride movies. I didn't like any of them. I guess one uh, horror thing I'll plug for the podcast is another podcast that I just listened to called uh, Inside Psycho. Mm-hmm. It's a six-episode um series all like half hour long podcasts but mm. it's just six and then that's done mm. but uh, it's just all about the making of the movie psycho and cool. it's pretty cool pretty cool very interesting it's, it's uh, i didn't realize the first uh toilet flush on screen was psycho really it was a big hubbub you weren't allowed to show toilets at all really yeah a lot of stuff that thing broke like uh, how they're both there are two people in one bed that was a big deal that was never seen on uh, I think well, maybe a couple times, but like this still a big like deal. Like they didn't, they didn't want that. If you you're having people in separate beds, you know, like right. Lucy and Ricardo are sleeping in fucking separate right. beds. Yeah, yeah. And toilets, don't even forget about it. You know, fair enough. Let alone, let alone flushing. Like, wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. There's um a movie that premiered at Sundance this year. Did I tell you about this? It's a documentary on Psycho. Oh, really? But it's all just about the shower scene. Nice. Um, and it's like the title of the movie is like the ratio of seconds that the scene lasts to cuts in the movie did they talk about this on the podcast it, it says like the kind of point of this of the, like um hitchcock made psycho because he wanted to make the shower scene yeah yeah they basically. talk about that a, yeah, bit? a little okay. bit well, that sounds interesting i would listen to that because i i'm amped up on this movie but there's no information on it anywhere because it hasn't been picked up for hmm. like a national release yet it's just an independent film yeah the first episode is just all about ed gain pretty much okay i would totally listen to that that sounds interesting yeah, it's cool. Short. Yeah. You can listen to it in like a couple hours. Yeah. The whole thing, you know? Okay. Uh, it's great. Hmm. Hitchcock was the man. He's yeah. Very funny. Still is. Still is, dude. Love the guy. Yeah. Um. So should we get should we get into our movies or anything else? Uh, you want to talk about? Um, I mean, this is no. our. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is our Blue Lives Matter episode. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, are we gonna let's talk a little bit about cops? Share any anecdotes on police force? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is a Blue Lives Matter episode. Uh, yeah. You know, Bleed like blue, like hey, he, wait, wait, Smurfs matter? With Smurfs matter? That was the joke when Blue Lives Matter. Everyone was like, "What are you talking about? Are you oh, Smurfs yeah. matter too?" <laughs> That's what everyone's doing on Facebook. Fuck let's you. Look, can we call the episode "What Does Smurfs Matter Too"? Yeah, what does Smurfs matter too? <laughs> I'll call what it that. Smurfs matter too? And just hey, what do you find it all hey, in one word? Yeah, I hate that joke. I also hate the joke. Like, if you, like, have, like, a Slurpee or a Blue Lollipop, someone's like, hey, would you suck off a Smurf or something like that? Right. And it's like, that's not how cum works, dude. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like my cum's not beige. Like black people don't have brown cum. Like that's not you never you don't know how cum works, dude. I, that, that, that's a great retort. You know what though. I mean? What do you soak off a smurf? What do you not know how sex works? Idiot? Yeah, you fucking idiot, you virgin. Yeah. Yeah, you no wonder you sit around watching Smurfs all day, you virgin. <laughs> if I had beige cum, that'd be really weird. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Everyone's different, I think. Anyways, well, enough of that aside. And also, it'd be weird even if the color of their skin came off in their mouths. You know, <laughs> it's still not cool. Either way, wherever you cut it, it's not like, it's not a joke that makes sense. You're not. Yeah, it's suspending not a- my disbelief. <clears throat> It's not a good joke either way. It's not a good joke. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Hey, just don't do it. Think mm-hmm. about it next time. So, I actually... Okay, so I have a, a, a cop anecdote. Um, yeah. As I told you, um, my band, we did um, we played at this venue in New, New Hampshire a, week, a couple weeks ago. Cops are gods, by the way. That's our stance. Yeah, cops are gods. Um, and a buddy of mine... I played at the Stone Church, which you performed at. Mm-hmm. And I saw our friend Owen Linders. Um, of course. Friend of the show. And he did a comedy set before my band played, which was great. I like got to hang out and watch him do some comedy. Shout out Owen Linders. He was going to yep. be upset when he realized I we're know. talking about these movies without him. <laughs> he comes up to the green oh, room. I'm sorry. He, <laughs> he goes, I, you know, I want to do get up back on the show. And I said, yeah, definitely. He goes, I want to do something with that. What's that cop movie? And I was like, Maniac Cop? And he's like, yeah. Because he, po- he posted it on our Facebook a while ago. Oh, so that's uh, fucked up on, on your the, part. On not thing. To- and I'm like, yeah, you know, we should do these movies. Yeah. He didn't say, I should do it. To be fair, he said he wanted to do the cube. We'll do the cube with you. Okay. Owen. Yeah, but we were in a real scramble trying to get shit together. I know, and I felt bad because I I was like, oh, it would have been good to get him in here, but it it was hard enough for our fucking schedules to. So apologize, apologies to young Owen. Yeah, we're sorry, Owen. Hey, Owen, we're sorry. All right, hey, Uh, enough, enough. Forget about it. Let it go. Enough. Um. So a friend of mine who came up to the show said he got pulled over for um having a taillight out on the way, and the cop pulls him over and he goes, "Where you headed?" And he goes, "Um, to to Stone Church to see the special." And he goes, oh, man, I wish I wasn't working tonight. I love this special. What? Yeah. This, really? Yeah. The cop? Cop knows us. Kick-ass New Hampshire yeah. special police? Yeah. And then so my buddy who's at the show, Vinny, he posts so we have this group on Facebook, Le Specialists, which is like our you know fan group kind of thing. And he, and he posts the story. And somebody goes, I got pulled over the other night and coming from a Le Special show in Boston, and the cop knew who Le Special was. What? So we're like big with cops. Well, here's my damn o- dude. So should we like walk on eggshells here? Like, what's what do you want to do about this? I How think, should we proceed? I don't know if we, I have cops that are into the podcast. That might just be a special thing. Okay, man. But so check this out. So we're playing at a venue this Sat Friday called Strange Brew Pub. It's a place in Norwich, Connecticut. We haven't played there in a while, but we played there like a few years ago, and um, a cop came into the to the place to to, to check it out and like because there it was you know it's a smaller room and it was packed and getting kind of rowdy. And he just wanted to come in and, like, kind of survey it, you know? So they were like, you know, like, you got to stop the music for a second. So we stopped, and the cop kind of checked some IDs and whatever he needed to do. And um, and somebody's like, yeah, like, he, he wants to hang out and watch it. Like, he's a drummer. And we're like, well, does he want to come up and play? And they were like, we, I don't know, we'll ask him. And they are like, yeah, he's down. And <laughs> Do so you, in his uniform? So he came up in his uniform <laughs> and got behind the drum kit. Rory gave him the sticks. And he just kind of, he played a beat, you know, it's a pretty simple beat, but he could hold it down. And we did this like hip hop jam, and our friend Matt Carey, who's like this like white Rasta dude, he's got he gets up and he's like that police, and he's doing all these like crazy like cop rams, raps, and so we just did this like straight like hip hop jam with the cop drumming. That's awesome. So maybe all this cop love has like spurred from that. Maybe this guy's like, yo, this band looks special. Like if if you if you're a cop, you play drums. Yeah, friends, the boys play in blue. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my band is tight with the police. Wow, that's crazy, dude. That's a lot. Check your privilege. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn, dude. 
You know, three white boys from Connecticut. You know, hey, I got finally one, catch a break. I got one cops. cop friend. He's an MPTA cop, so I don't know if he's all the way pig. He's an amputee cop. MPTA. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, shout out Marvin. Nice. No offense to you, dude, but you know how we feel about cops, dude. I don't like cops, man. <laughs> don't like fucking cops. Some of them are nice, of course. Sometimes they're fans a little special, but mostly things are fucking pigs. A <laughs> cab, dude. Um, I have a cousin that's a cop in England. In England, they're wimps anyway. Though. Yeah, he's they, they gonna just, get a gun. He can't do anything. Yeah, they're very weak. Yeah, he can't do anything at all. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna once I catch you, I'm gonna get you with this stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to. I actually. So I live next door to a police station, uh, and yesterday I got their mail. I got like one. It was like one like card thing saying that they received a package. Mm-hmm. So I just walked over, and like buzzed in, and they're like. Uh, what do you want? And I'm like, I got, I live next door. Get your mail. Like, oh, thank you so much. And, <laughs> I, and I walked away. And that's mm-hmm. my cop story. The only time I ever really had an interaction with a cop, like uh, where I got in trouble, uh, skateboarding. Okay, I got a citation mm-hmm. from uh, some fucking pig <laughs> for skateboarding in Ware, Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, so fuck well, them. And I really never let it go. That's hard. You know what I mean? We, one it's time, not really uh, about the murdering like innocent you know minorities. It's really about you not letting me skateboard wherever I want. Uh, you know, I mean, that's it's like, why I really hate it. Hate it for me. White males get you know we we let get me a, do what I want. We, we get a t- we have a hard time too. Yeah, hey, we got a hard too. Kick flip here, trying to do you know nose grind, trying to do cool tricks. And you yeah. fucking, what am I? Why can't I live? Yeah, hey, let me live. You want well, me, how am I gonna get laid? When I um when I was going to Berkeley um. <clears throat> me and and my drummer Rory, we were like driving up from Connecticut to Boston, oh, and we got pulled over. <laughs> um, we got pulled over, and he was like, uh, "You know, where are you going?" And we were like, "Oh, you um, we're going back. We go to school up in Boston." Um, he's like, "Where are you going?" You know, uh, Berkeley College of Music. He's like, "What do you study?" And uh, we both we both just looked at each other. Oh, music. We, we just go. We just go jazz. <laughs> jazz, sir. And he he just looks at us and goes, "Outstanding." <laughs> just, let, just let us go <laughs> didn't write us a ticket or anything like you just answered the right answer that's like, where jazz gets you yeah, man a plus all right you can go outstanding he yeah, said what yeah, what answer would have been wrong do you think oh we're studying metal and punk and the grindcore he said get the fuck out of the car yeah yeah <laughs> no no oh no you're uh, not we're studying hip-hop oh <laughs> nope 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 hands on the hood rock and roll yeah that's uh i'm gonna give you a citation for that yeah yeah where are the drugs? I thought you were going to say hip hop. Mr. Hip hop. Oh, jazz. That's not fine. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Interesting, dude. Yeah, man. Blee blue. Hey, those colors don't run, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, this is our episode on Maniac Cop. Mm-hmm. One, two, and three. Yeah. So you want to get into it with Mani- Maniac Cop 1? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's hit it, baby. Bam.
Maniac Cop. Yes, Queen. It's from 1988, rated R. Good um, year. It was directed by William Lustig, but it was written by Larry Cohen, who is Ethan Cohen's the Cohen brothers' father. Really? No, I made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Got me going. Yeah, no. Had me all c- c- cooked up there. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, yeah, they did all three together. Right, right, yeah. The um, singular vision of William Lustig. <laughs> <laughs> what a vision it was. It stars Tom Atkins, uh, the homie Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. and Lorene Landon. And Robert Zadar. And Robert Zadar as, as the maniac cop. cop. Yes. Um, the brief synopsis is, a killer dressed in a police uniform begins murdering innocent people on the streets of New York City. I guess you guys couldn't have guessed that. Well, he is a cop. He's not a killer dressed in a police uniform, to be fair. He is a boy in blue. That's tr- Yeah. You that's know what I mean? I don't think that's a fair synopsis. Yeah, it's a, it definitely oversimplifies. Die a cop, always a cop. Yeah, that's that's what you learn here. Um, it had a couple good, um, a couple good um, taglines. The main one: "You have the right to remain silent forever." Hell yeah, that one rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes help can be dangerous, and uh, my favorite was he prefers to kill instead of protect. <laughs> just like a very matter of fact. Yeah, uh, it was like, well, you know what? He prefers to kill instead of protecting people. That's just that's a preference. He's a maniac cop. <laughs> I like that. Um, so a couple things to talk about. I feel like at the beginning of this. Uh, so William Lustig, he before this, he was a uh, a director of uh, the movie Maniac, which is a big right. Was a big horror hit. Very early in the slasher. Yeah, very early. Uh, it was like first person view, which right. is pretty cool. Yep. Um, for the whole the whole thing, they remade it a couple years ago with yeah. uh, Elijah Wood. Right. Um, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess uh, I listened to fuck. I wish I could give proper desserts because it's. It, I think it's called uh, like movie junk food or something. I listened to another podcast about Maniac Cop. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. But they, uh, one of the guys said he talked to William Lustig about this, uh, and why he chose Maniac Cop. And I guess at the time there was just a bunch of cop movies. It was like Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. and like all these other like cop movies. So it was just, it was just like, oh, Maniac Cop. You know, it's combined Maniac with right. Combine my with my successful movie yeah, with, yeah. with what's relevant. Yeah, smart. Um, so that's what happened. And uh, and they are remaking Maniac Cop. Really? Uh, so Nicholas Winding Refn is producing it. The guy from Drive, who directed Drive, cool. and uh, all those other, Neon Demon, all those other right. shitty movies, yeah. except for Drive. Drive rules. Mm-hmm. Um, he's producing it. Uh, some really newish guy is going to direct it, but it's set to come out next year, starting filming this summer. Interesting. Uh, so we'll see. Because I feel like uh. Thematically, it's still pretty. It's m- more pertinent than ever. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, it'd, it'd be interesting to see what kind of um, spin they put on it. It says here, Maniac Cops for twenty eighteen. Director John Hyams. Yeah, from what I, th- I don't think he's directed anything that's like but uh, of ri- importance. Written by Ed Brubaker and Larry Cohen again. Ed Brubaker. Yeah. Really, the comic writer of a hundred. Uh, really. Yeah. Interesting. I hope it really is the same Ed Brubaker. Looks like it's set in the Los Angeles. There's a monster on the loose on the streets of Los Angeles, or is it just a killer cop out to punish the city that destroyed him? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it seems like they're going pretty much in the same vein as the original. Um, Interesting. Also, before we start talking about these movies, I want to spend a second talking about Robert Zadar. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you know? Have you known who Robert Zadar is before? No, I no, I just saw him in the this. credits. Too, okay, so Robert Zadar, he was like a big B movie actor. He was in a lot of stuff. Like he was in also another movie, Samurai Cop. He was back in Samurai Cop, and mm-hmm. uh, he's in Tango and Cash. Okay, and like uh, ton- tons of like B movies where he played an actor. And so this guy, he has a disease called cherubism, which makes his jawline extremely enlarged. Like huh. he, this man, like. You can't necessarily tell that much, you could, like in this movie, because it seems like, you know, you never get a straight shot at him a lot, and right. he also has a lot of makeup on. But when you see him, if you just look up pictures of Robert Zadar, this man has a gigantic fucking face. Okay, like the biggest face I've ever seen. Like his jawline just kept growing and growing. That's such a weird like area. To yeah, have yeah. Gigantic... It's like, uh, oh my god. Yeah, it's like Haley Joel Osment. Look at Haley like Joel a, Osment I'm looking at a recent picture of it. Yeah, he died a few years ago. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that yeah, the Tango and Cash, you can really see it. But the man has a giant fucking face. That's fucked up. He got super typecast for this. Mm-hmm. Which was great because it makes the the cop, you know, the cop makeup look spooky. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he looks what you you know you don't you really don't see. It's like not a first person killer, but you you know it's that eighty slasher trope. You just see his hands. You don't see his face until the final like half hour of the movie. And it's all very brief. It, yeah. Um, wow. Okay, but yeah, giant face guy. I'm gonna have nightmares. He I was wish a cool I didn't dude. He, uh, he passed away, I think, like two years ago. Okay, uh, but he's a cool dude. R.I.P. Robert Zadar. Retrospect. Retrospect, baby. Uh, but yeah, uh, you want to take us into the beginning of this movie? Yeah. So yeah. Um. So this is like you know it's pretty typical 80s slasher fare which i'm about you know i mean this movie i thought was super entertaining like from beginning to end it goes by quick it's fun the pacing's great pacing's great it it really moves along quickly and it's just straight up slasher then it develops a story there's a mystery and there's a you know who is this guy kind of thing and bruce campbell shows up and they you know they wrongly accuse him but the beginning i really like the beginning because it starts off with this woman being mugged it's like dark 80s new york you know starts off with that like really eerie ominous like shot of the like the twin towers which i guess now obviously has a more ominous feeling to it there's just something about shots of like the new york skyline in the 80s that are just kind of yeah. creepy and cool it was a lot more dangerous place back then, right too, totally yeah. exactly it's a dangerous place um and so this woman's getting mugged and she's runs away from the two muggers and she sees this big cop and so she runs right into his arms and the two muggers kind of back off and the guy just like picks her up and just like strangles her and kills her and um and and so like the beginning of this movie it, it's like circumstances where something's uh pedestrian is getting in trouble or something and they go to a cop for help protection and they just get killed by the cop mm-hmm. which is just like a cool simple premise of just you know going to somebody that's supposed to protect you and they choke you, you yeah, yeah but that's still also like that's what struck me right away about uh how it parallels to a lot was happening in culture now with cops I assume it's something of course that always happened with cops. Mm-hmm. It, which is an, which is an example of you know for the way they portray cops even not maniac cop right but the way they portray cops in general mm-hmm. uh, and like the, the cops being kind of murdering dickheads a lot in the media right they're, they're portrayed that way you know yeah um, and and, and the movie starts to go into that a lot yeah it starts to really Art. talk about that yeah there are cops just they're just covering each other's asses like a cop killed a guy no way and if it was a cop we're gonna help him you know right. what I mean like there's no way we're gonna let uh, a cop burn for this, you know? Right, yeah. And he, this guy, the maniac cop, kills whoever he can reach. 
Right. Whoever is in hands, like. Yeah, he's just going on a killing spree. Whoever is near him. Yeah. And then it starts to, then as the story develops, and um, which is cool. I mean, I could have done with it just being taking it at face value, just meeting a cop, sure. But the movie really goes in the direction of finding out the identity of this killer, and yeah, the, the mystery is pretty cool, and it's cool, and it. And it, it Tom Atkins interested. does a great job. Tom Atkins is really good. Yeah, Bruce Campbell. A funny thing about talking about Robert Zadar, um, both Bruce Campbell and Robert Zadar, actors known for their chins, and have been referred oh, to as true. the chin. I think maybe that's why, because like they, uh, they both have pronounced faces like that, but they wanted you to to be unsure, to be unsure, be like that could right. be Bruce Campbell because right. he kind of has like a big face. Mm, too. You're right, and you, you know do think I mean? that it is him for a while, mm-hmm. we, which is all that's well done. I thought he was a bit underused. I would have like he wasn't very Bruce Campbelly in the movie, you know. I mean, it's like this was 1988. This came out. It's like. He had already, you know, become kind of somewhat of a star for Evil yeah. Dead too. Yeah, but it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a comedic role at all. It was no, it was straight up. Yeah, and he's a piece of shit too. Everyone in this movie is a piece of shit, yeah. except for Tom Atkins. Right, Tom Atkins is great. Yeah, he's uh, great. Yeah, there's great. There's a time where he goes to uh, I forgot the the black dude who's the commissioner. He was a famous actor. Um, I forget his name. Uh, Richard Roundtree. Yes, Richard Roundtree. Yeah. Um, he goes to him and he's like. I'm not crazy. There, it's a cop killing people. And it's like, didn't you try to like fucking kill yourself or something a little while ago? Yeah. And like, he says it so just like nonchalantly. Right. Like, well, did you try to kill yourself? Like, right. why should I take you seriously? <laughs> yeah. Like th- there is so much throughout these movies. Like it, there's so much dismissiveness of like serious mental health issues. <laughs> like it's insane. Like yeah. Bruce Campbell's wife before Bruce Campbell's leaving to go out on the beat. Right. And his wife is like, please don't go. Like, I'm hearing voices, like, when you're gone. Fucking crazy. Like, she is obviously paranoid schizophrenic. And he's like, fucking whatever. Like, just no, nothing. Just nothing. Like, I felt like they were doing that to set it up. They want you to think that Bruce Campbell is the the killer at first. Because they have, like, a whole scene of dialogue where you don't see his face. And I kept, I was like, is this Bruce fucking Campbell? I didn't know he was in it. I guess they want it. And then I was like, oh, my God, it is. But through his, like, paranoid schizophrenic wife. Because she takes a yeah. phone call from herself. Really? Like, know. yeah. You should, when he leaves, the phone rings. And she picks it up and it's like, he's the killer. He's ki- he's He's killing the people. But that's mm-hmm. just her. She's just losing her mind. It's a like, bad husband. And then she goes and finds that Bruce Campbell is cheating on her right. with another cop. He's not out killing people. It's right. Just, and then she gets killed by the maniac cop. Yeah. And, and Bruce Campbell's framed pretty right. much. Yeah. Which is uh, which is strange. Uh, my favorite death. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna jump around. I got a bunch of notes, but uh, my favorite death is definitely the concrete death. He killed, drowns a guy in con- wet concrete. Oh, yeah, yeah. And puts, then in the puts morning, his face in it. It's all hardened. Yeah, that was good. Pretty cool. There were some, yeah, There, there's definitely some good some good little 80s slasher deaths in there. Because it's nonstop. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. It's, I think it's the body, a lot count, of, the body it's a count's high, like 19. Yeah, it's a high body count, which is for an 80s slasher, you know, it, it should be. Um, the music is terrible in this. Yeah. So bad. I mean, it's like very '80s cheeseball video game, but I mean, not like good. I mean, there's good '80s cheeseball video game music, but this was just like, man, it was so obnoxious. And then when I watched the second one, when I saw 
it was him again. I was like, oh, dude, no way. Like, um, is it, <laughs> um, it, it's Jay, Jay Chataway is his name. Chataway. Jay Chataway. He hasn't done. He's done like shows. He did like Star Trek shows. Did the new Poltergeist. This he didn't do Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, God. That was terrible, too. But that was like a soundtrack score, wasn't it? Silent yeah, Night, I don't Deadly know Night. the name. It sounded familiar. It was all, yeah. The warm side of the door. Ugh. Yuck. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, is he doing the new Maniac Cop? It looks like it. Really? They're letting him <laughs> do it again? That's pretty funny. Or maybe they're just going to use some of the old music so he's credited. It may, you it know lo- what I mean? So this, Oh, it's interesting. This guy, he has a bunch of kind of like B-movies in the 80s. Up until 88, and then it's just TV shows. So I guess his shtick... Maniac Cop really ruined his career. Uh, maybe. and yeah. I mean, the last... Red Scorpion, Jakarta, what he did after Maniac Cop. So it looks like people caught wind of how shitty this guy was, and they're like, look, you can make your dumb synth sounds with Star Trek Voyager, which he scored 54 episodes of. Yeah, you can have Voyager, buddy. And Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. So if Enterprise you like... is okay. If you watch either of those. Not a fan of Janeway, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Captain Janeway, no thank you. <laughs> is that is that her? Yeah, that's Janeway right there. Uh, Star Trek Voyager does not look like a good TV show. I don't like it. Some people do. No, I don't. I'm a next-gen guy. I don't like any Star Trek. Really? You should watch next-gen. It's pretty great. I've watched like the William Shatner ones, and it, it's kind of fun. Those one, I'm not a big fan of those ones either, to be honest with you. No. Next-gen is the superior Star Trek. That's Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Killing it. There's some spooky stuff in there too. The Borg, the Borg, the, are the Borg, spooky. Borg are cool. Yeah, you're right. I, I've, you know? s- I've seen some of that. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Fuck. Fuck Star Trek. Um, best line in this movie is uh, so Tom Atkins' character, he's uh, he's going deep. He's basically set as the main character, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out uh, who this maniac cop is because he's killing maniac cops, killing everyone he gets his hands on. Uh, people. There's a scene where a lady kills an innocent cop because she's scared. People are fr- yeah. so afraid of the police, right? You know, they're I definitely know. gonna hark on that hard with this new remake, aren't yeah, they? Totally, absolutely. Yeah. There's gonna be people killing cops and stuff like that. That's a timely. Right, that, that's, that's a good time it. to, it will to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be. A, it'll be good. People will, will come out for it. What, what if the tagline yeah. is "No lives matter"? <laughs> <laughs> oh Co- my god! Co- yes, that's good. Holy shit. Yeah, we got to get a hold of this guy. Damn, dude. Yeah. That'd be brutal. People would be fucking pissed <laughs> off. People would be so pissed. Yeah. Hey, that would be great, though. Keep it edgy. Oh, yeah, but my favorite line is he's talking to some reporter, and he's like, I want you to make this bigger than AIDS. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the height of AIDS. <laughs> like, Yeah, wow. And it's in one city. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. How about that? I remember that. I remember that was a real, like, I, w- I was like, what year was this again? Oh, right, 1988, the year I was born, hey. Uh, and also, uh, did cops actually all have, like, butler Mickey Mouse gloves? No, I think he's, like, the only one that kind of wears them. No, they all do. Really? Yeah, because that's why they, they make sure to show you when the the cop who gets shot by the lady, he he knocks on the window and he has little white gloves. Oh, okay, you're and right. They all do, and at the parade, they all have their little cute little white gloves. Huh. Which is strange. I feel like okay, maybe it was then in the second movie where they kind of made more of a point that you, of identifying man, the maniac cop killer as you'd see the white glove and you'd be like, okay, that's him. I think they might have, they all might have white gloves in the second one too. Okay, well, fuck me then. Do you pay attention to white gloves? <laughs> but it bothered me. Yeah, they all have these cute okay. little mittens on, yeah. these little cop mittens. Yeah. 
It's very strange. One uh, one thing that I just enjoy about like these '80s slashers is like how they get around not showing his face because he's not wearing a mask or anything. It's just every angle is you just it's either from the back or you just can't see the top of his yeah, face. Yeah, he's in case he's in trapped in shadow. Right, well, that's cool. That's kind of you know it's a, it's a, that's a fun thing to pay attention to, and then it's like. Then it, you start to find out what the backstory of this guy, and then you find out that he he's horribly disfigured, and then like the end of the movie, you start to see it. Do you want to get get into that? Like what happened? Yeah, sure. So? Yeah, so basically, he was, uh, he, so he's also someone who's like a dividing line for characters. So this guy was, uh, what's his name? Something Matt Dylan? Um, Matt, it, Matt, the last Matt um, Dylan or something? Um, no, it, it uh, a Cordell. Cordell. Yeah, Matt Cordell. Yeah, Matt so uh, so he was like all the cops say like oh he's he was my hero as a cop he was a goddamn hero right. cop, but uh, the people was like yeah he went to jail because he was pretty much a shoot first, right ask questions later kind of guy, mm-hmm. but he got results damn it you know what right. I mean, um it's all the cops of him but he was clearly just like abusing his power and yeah. then went to jail, and then he was murdered by uh by the inmates there right, but the the. One whole thing that this movie doesn't really explain really until the third one, I think, is like what his deal is, right? So so what they play it out as is that he he got stabbed a bunch of shanks in the shower by people he's put away. Yeah. Right. Then he goes to get an autopsy. And the the coroner at the jail sees that he still has a heartbeat. And he's still alive, and he so he lets him go, you know, like well he's a cop, right. you know, and lets him go. But he he's clearly shown to be shot multiple times. Uh, the the lady cop who who hooks, like who the 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 hooker cop, mm-hmm. she is like I definitely shot him in the head, right? You know, and so he he's undead, but they never say that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they even ever necessarily say that in the second one, even though it's a little more clear. Well, but they never really talk about it. Well, do you want me to jump in there with what I think? Yeah, yeah. So the, it's an interesting point, like what you bring up. That yeah. to me was one of the more interesting points of the of the movie, because he's, you know, he there's no supernatural element to it. Like the, he is just at the beginning, he's just a killer in a cop uniform. Then you find out, okay. They thought he was killed in this prison, but he's not. He wasn't. He escaped. He's cl- clearly mm-hmm. a huge guy. He just w- was able to withstand some stabbing, some good old fashioned shanking in the shower in prison, mm-hmm. and escaped. So at that, at all that point, I mean, he is. There's no supernatural element. He is a human being that's strong, and killing people. And so then I think what what happens is like the Jason Voorhees syndrome, which is driven by franchising a character. Jason Voorhees was never meant to be a supernatural killer, but he became that as the sequels went on and as the grow for the demand for money and for the and the franchise developed, they made him a supernatural killer. Now, I think and if I can get kind of to the end of the movie here. Oh yeah, totally. Go for it. So, I I think they make him a supernatural monster in the last scene of the movie, which I thought was cool because in part two, he's supernatural. He's Jason Voorhees. I think he looks like a fucking zombie. I think he's supernatural beforehand when he's attacking the the woman cop in the alleyway. They shoot the shit out of him. Right. 
Okay, so you know, right? But it, and he, he's not even stopping. But it's like, like you know the, the the shooting people in movies. They're like you like, can. They're that's like, never no a way. F- they like, they say there's no way a vest could have taken that much, and I'm pretty sure I shot him in the face. I could have sworn I did. Okay, so, well, so here's maybe, the thing. So maybe it is up in the air. But you know, do you remember? I don't remember if you he know? gets shot in the face in yeah, that scene. They don't show that. I don't think they show it. I think they it's, don't. They don't. Right. It's deliberately ambiguous. I guess that's true. And I think that in horror movies in general, everyone knows getting shot in the body doesn't fucking do anything. It has to be a killing shot. It has to be a beheading or you know like a straight you know decapitation more or less is the yeah. only thing that can kill the monster quote unquote so there's a moment where he becomes supernatural and it's the last scene so it keeps building up to the fact the mayor is drinking and he goes the maniac cop wants to come after me they develop this plot that the re- the, the politicians put the cop in prison yeah so the reason he's back and he's so killing people he wants is to he's kill the commissioner he wants to kill the mayor right he's got a vengeance he's taking yeah, yeah. he's taking vengeance against the city that wronged him specifically the politicians that wronged him so in the very last scene in the movie is um is the mayor they they, they like go Bruce Campbell kind of kills him they go flying off of the pier in the water they think he's dead they bring up the truck he's not in there oh shit you know yeah, he's also like, this is a director's cut Oh, so that this w- is not theatrical. That extra scene is not theatrical. The the very final scene. Yeah, yeah. Where Interesting. He, where he goes and gets the mayor. Oh, okay. So so then the movie ends. So you know, it's like, oh, he's not there. Where is he? Mm. And the camera like zooms in on the water. You know, it's sending it up. He's he's still alive. You know. Then the ne- the last scene is the mayor sitting there. He's drinking and he's sca- scared. And his assistant's like, you know, they got him. It's all good. Um, you'll be fine. And then it slowly pans across the room, and you see like this these shoes standing under a curtain. And then, you know, it's the maniac cop. He steps over. You hear, like, a knife, and you hear screaming, and the movie ends. So right there, they make him the supernatural ghost. How is he? He was able to get in the mayor's office completely undetected, and he's able to fulfill his vengeance. Okay. So that's my theory. And the fact that, you like, what you just said kind of proves it more to me that, okay, if they wanted to end the movie before that, then it's just it's an open-ended, you know, what happened. But that director's cut, he wanted to set it up. And clearly, this guy William Lustig, he might have wanted to make a franchise. And this is the this is the end of the '80s slasher movie. Though your slasher movie is held, you know, in regard if whether or not it spawns a franchise or a sequel. If it's any good, it doesn't have to make much money to be successful. It'll spawn a sequel. Yeah, I think yeah. he was trying to at the end set up a supernatural killer and set up a franchise. Okay. And then the second one, he's just fucking a zombie. Because also, even his motivations is like, because he has that girlfriend, right? Yeah. And. uh She's like, yeah, I gave you the names. Here are all the people you need to kill. Because he's not killing bad guys. He's killing any person right. he gets hands on. Right. And he kills her. You right. know what I mean? Like, he he, he he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, which makes me, leads me to believe that, I mean, I guess he's a true maniac. Or he's, like, un, an undead killing machine. And they you know also say, I mean? well, they're like, you know, when I sent him out after the coroner, he said he was brain dead. Yeah. So I think that alludes to the fact that he oh, has okay. been kind of zombified. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Okay. I think that they, that hmm. was the, it's kind of like, you know, in like, f- to use a sh- awful example, Freddy versus Jason, where Freddy brings back Jason. He w- wants Jason to just start killing kids to I- ignite fear in the town again. But then Jason just starts killing everyone. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, it's like the whole raising a killer like a mummy to do your bidding. And then it just starts killing everyone yeah. because it's an evil killer. Can't put a leash in the old rage cage there. Right, yeah. right. So I think that that was the, the idea, was this movie was to lead you along to not know what was going on. And then at the end, bam, it's a monster. And then mm-hmm. that sets up the, the next two movies. Cool. Uh, before we move on, one thing I would also like to say about this movie is uh, Tom Atkins is set up as the main character and dies probably yeah. about uh, two-thirds the way in. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I like when movies because I liked him because he was the most likable character right in the whole movie, and then he gets killed by Maniac Cop, and then it's Bruce Campbell. It's weird. It, it's and Bruce Campbell's necessarily likable. Well, he He's like trades off like, with yeah. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, like Bruce Com- Campbell is now the star for the yeah, last third. Bruce, of the movie. Once Bruce Campbell's out of jail now, so now he's the main yeah. character. Yeah, that was a weird kind of trade off there, which happens in the next movie too, right? So with much less success, but yeah, still. Um, so yeah, should we just get into the second one? Uh, any any closing thoughts? That to yeah, me was I the most know. interesting I, aspect of it. I, uh, you know what? I I tried to watch this movie a couple times and then like fell asleep, and I'm happy I finally sat down and watched it because mm. the, the pacing is excellent. Yeah, like, it's a very entertaining like, fun yeah, movie. You can just watch it. It's not you're not like oh this is just like boring shit movie. Right. Like it's fucking it keeps your attention. Yeah, you know. Um, I I liked it. I threw it on yeah. again when we first were gonna yeah. do the episode. I watched it and I was having these like fever dream sickness. I was enjoying it, but I was like, I can't like focus on it. And then I rewatched it again last night and had fun. Like yeah. even rewatching the parts I'd seen. Like it's still schlocky, but like it's yeah. it's very watchable. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and yeah. it has a good cast. Yeah, and a yeah, Tons pretty of compelling story along with like the classic '80s B kill. I mean, as far as '80s slashers goes, this I think this is like a decently regarded movie. Absolutely, it, it's fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think people like the second one better, but it, well, the I second don't know one why. has higher rating on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. It's sixty percent. People really like the second one. I, and I do not get that. I I didn't I like. That. I don't get that I didn't either. like the second even a quarter I, as much as I really? like the first. I like the second one, but not as much as I like the first one here. Also, yeah. one thing I think we're forgetting to talk about is. Uh, so his weapon of choice is pretty fucking cool. It's a nightstick that has a knife in it. Yeah, that right. rules. Yeah, it was cool. His nightstick is just a scabbard, and he just whips it around. Right, and has that that rhythmic like hit of the yeah. nightstick into his hands. Right, and then pulls a knife out of it. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that, that's yeah, iconic. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, that and like a lo- and a lot of kind of Michael Myers hand, just killing people with his bare hands. Oh yeah, uh, he should have killed someone with his chin. Yeah, <laughs> he really should. Bam, he should have bit someone. Oh, and then um, the other thing, the ending that that's cool is when you start to see his face again, and he's all disfigured from when he got shanked and stuff in the prison. That was cool too. I I dug the not revealing the face of the monster till the end, and then I thought that was pretty like creepy. Yeah, just show like why he's fucked up because he got cut up. Yeah, I like I like that. It was good makeup too. Cool. Um, ratings. Um, Ending thoughts. Uh, you Anything know, else? I'd give this like, I'd give this like a seven out of ten. I, you know, I, I, I like eighty slasher movies, and yeah. as far as those go, this is good. It's I'll give it, I'll give it a seven too. Totally, yeah. totally watchable movie. Yeah, for as sh- like shocky as it is, yeah, totally watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. Yeah, I'm glad we got around to doing it. Um, uh, let's move on to the number two, baby. Number two. Selling narcotics. You rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape to tape off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swallowed up bread and water. I don't know if they fags or what. Search a nigga down and grabbing his nuts, and on the other. 
showing out for the white cop. Ice Cube will swarm on any motherfucker in a blue uniform. Just cause I'm from the CPT, punk police are afraid of me. Huh? A young nigga on the warpath. And when I finish, it's gonna be a bloodbath of cops dying in LA. Yo, Dre, I got something to say. Good? Yes. Okay. Maniac Cop 2. This was 1990, two years after the original. Rated R. Hour and a half. Also directed by William Lustig and again written by Larry Cohen. Um, it again stars... How do you say his name? Robert Zadar. Robert Zadar. It's like spelled wrong here. Uh, Claudia Christian, Michael Lerner. Uh, the synopsis is a supernatural maniac killer cop teams up with a Times Square serial killer. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. You want to give a synopsis of the of this one? It, this one did not get my have my attention the way that the first one did. It was it was okay. It was enjoyable, but it, it the gimmick was lost on me. It wasn't as fun. They introduced too many new characters, and that it's like, like yeah, it. because so they kill off Bruce Campbell right in the beginning. in the beginning, which sucked because I was happy to see that he was back in this. Yeah, one. I was like, yeah, you love Bruce Campbell, yeah. but you know, I think they're trying to they're. I bet Bruce Campbell has some other shit to do. <laughs> I don't like so when movies like, do that, man. Yeah. When they bring so back like, like the the, fir- the actor from the first movie and kill him in the first scene. Yeah. What's the point? Well, Why I mean, bring him back? Yeah. I mean, I guess you want closure for the character. It's the same you thing know? with Friday Thirteenth. You know. Yeah. They they did that, and then Friday Thirteenth Part Two, the star is back, and they get killed right away. Yeah. It almost like it nullifies like their importance in in the original. Yeah. The vict their victory right. is destroyed. E- exactly. You know? Let let them have their day. It, it, yeah. They're make off a new living movie. their lives. Whatever. Right. You know. Maybe you can bring them back later when the actor isn't busy and they need money. I really didn't yeah, like that the, in uh, for Part Eleven. You know. Right. Hostel Two did that. Yeah. Like the, it, it starts off with the original character. You're like, oh, cool, he's back, and then his head is in the fridge in the, in, within three minutes. Yeah, I guess you like, don't. You're not gonna do that. It's just I'm 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 not a fan of doing that. I, I I'm into like a, if your sequel is gonna carry on the story and you're gonna bring character back, that's cool. And sometimes that's really dope. But it, to bring them back just to kill them is a waste. Because it feels like you're uh, and also it feels like you're undoing that victory so quickly. Right. Because whatever that next sequel is taking place, you know how long after that last movie? So yeah. if they just won and then like a month later they're dead. It's like yeah. what the fuck, man. You know what the you worst know? culprit of that was, in my opinion, is in Halloween. You know Halloween H two O. Spoiler alert! It ends. The whole ending. The whole point is. You know, Laurie Strode, she's, it, it, they flip the killer victim dynamic. She goes after Michael. She has an axe. They have this face off. And she cuts off Michael Myers' head at the end. Decapitation. Kill move. She wins. Series over. Great ending. Good movie. Directed by John Carpenter again. Then Resurrection had to come along with Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks and just shit all over it. And the beginning of the movie is like the, the ending scene where she cuts off his head. But then it oh it pans over and oh Michael Myers switched the bodies out in the ambulance. She cut off some other guy's head, and then she, Michael Myers goes and finds Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, and kills her immediately. <laughs> and it was just yeah. like damn, like you're gonna Brutal. like you're gonna like brutalize her legacy like that. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is, is Halloween. Picture, right? yeah. How are you gonna just like take that away from her? That it's so insulting to the to the yeah. franchise, and especially to her like the number one. Yeah, you know, like I can't believe she agreed to do she, it. Yeah, she's like she the, the scream she's queen. She's the fucking champ. She's the scream queen. You know? to go down like that was so weak. I really, yeah. I really in, have oh, a, an opening credits. Yeah, bullshit. And then you're gonna make you a know? movie about Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks like filming Michael Myers. Like that movie is a disgrace. Yeah, <laughs> damn man. I hate. That. I watched yeah. it recently. I don't know if you could tell. My veins <laughs> bubbling in my head. 
Halloween Resurrection yeah, doesn't sad. even have a slight redeeming factor to it. Really? Buster Rhymes karate fights Michael Myers at the end, and he wins. He, like, beats him. He's like, go to hell, Mikey. He, like, lights him on fire and Buster kicks him. Buster knows karate? In this movie. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. No. It wasn't. Hey, man, that's what I've been begging for, some karate. Well, then wa- go watch Halloween Resurrection. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, sorry. That's the end of my rant about no, that's, that. I know we needed yeah. that. I like I like that aside very much. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna just, just take down these tropes, man. Yeah. We're fucking killing them. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Maniac Cop basically makes a friend <laughs> with a <laughs> excuse me, a serial killer. What the hell is that about? And uh, well, this guy can't like he can't follow basic like you know human directions. He has no emotions. But wait, he he has a friend now. Yeah, he lives in like, lives in like the sewer. The sewer, yeah. We so we, we introduce this guy. So the main characters are like this dude and this psychiatrist, right? Yeah. And uh, once again, like mental health issues are taken, uh, yeah, in a very poor direction. The psychiatrist is like the main focus for yeah. a lot of this movie. Yeah, she's like, well, you know, like you're <laughs> one of the most fucked up things is like so. This main dude, the guy who Michael Lerner plays, right? So. Uh, She's like, uh, well, your partner killed himself, and he didn't get mental health, like, uh, help. Like, what do you think about that? He's like, I don't give a shit. And you know what? My partner came to me and at, said he needed help mentally, and I said he shouldn't do it. And he killed himself, and I don't regret it at all. <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? It's just the He's like, you could have, yeah, you could have helped him. You could have, like, sent yeah. it. I told him not to see a psychiatrist, and he killed himself. I don't regret it. <laughs> like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah, what like, is it? Yeah. I don't know. It was a it was a weird time for, like, I feel like that thing for, like, psychology and psychiatry and stuff like yeah. that. It was very much looked at, like, kind of, <laughs> like, whatever. But still, it's just held in, like, PTSD, fuck you. Like, right. Yeah, like, it's so there, There's weird. something just so not progressive yeah. about it. Like, this movie ta- was filmed in 1990, and it feels like it's from, like, 1983. Ugh, it really does. You know? It feels like it's, like, fucking, like, eight years And before. the cops just keep getting more and more pig. Like, more and more pig-like. Yeah. They're more piggies, dude. There, You know, there's, like, a whole scene where the maniac cop just gats up the police station. Just yeah, shoots yeah. hundreds of cops. Yeah, yeah. That was so lame. All the cops, dude. This, this guy's supposed to be, this is a slasher movie. You give him a gun and he just like gats up a whole police station? Uh, he meets, uh, he meets this, uh, serial killer. Because there's this guy who's who's killing strippers, right? right? He's hanging out at, uh, Club 69. <laughs> Which yeah. I was like, heck yeah, dude. Club yeah. 69 run rules. And, um... And he takes the stripper, or he follows the stripper home, goes in, and he's going to kill her. But then they call the cops, and the cops are coming to, uh, to take care of this serial killer and stop him. But Maniac Cop gets there first and saves him. Right. And he's like, oh, come with me, Maniac Cop. And like, we'll be best friends, and we'll yeah. kill people. I didn't ever think you'd be my friend, Maniac Cop. Yeah, yeah. And then they just uh, kill people together. But I guess his <laughs> great plan was to just get back to jail and kill all the people who killed killed him in jail okay you know what i mean yeah. that was a great thing mm-hmm. and this one he's jacked up he has like you know he's his, this is where he gets his real signature look where his lips are messed up he doesn't have a nose anymore 
he looks he's like way a, more undead. He, yeah, way more undead. He looks like zombie Ash from Army of Darkness is what I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, like, monster zombie. But there's some cool stuff. Best kill, I think, is, like, there's a cool tow truck kill. Oh, where yeah, where he raises him up on the yeah, tow. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. tow truck and drives him away. That was there's fun. also a fantastic car chase. It's a very long car chase. Long car chase. With that p- fucking music playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but it was pretty good. I recorded a little bit of it. Um, should we see? Can I plug it in? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It? I I just recorded it on my TV just because I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be like ranting and raving about how much you, you want. I hate this music. <laughs> yeah, and just uh, people listening, they're just gonna be like, chill, like with this music. Was it that bad? Well, here it is. This is off my TV. So that was pr- that was pretty bad, but it's like <laughs> just keeps going. I was like, dude, enough. Uh I wanted to just like I, I I really kept turning the volume down in this movie when I was watching it. I, I, the, the score just really was hurting me. Oh, uh, there's some cool scenes, especially uh, the the greatest scene is in uh, my opinion is when he's coming into the cop station to murder all these cops, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the, it first shows all these cops on the shooting range, right? And they're all shooting right, uh, yeah, yeah. the things. And then all of a sudden, they start getting shot at from the shooting range. Right, right. And it's yeah. Maniac Cop. Yeah. And he just walks out of the shadows yeah. and he's just shooting them. Yeah, like, it's at a the cool shooting scene. range. It's pretty fucking cool, Yeah, it's man. a cool scene. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there, uh, I wrote down, I remember there is... At the end, there's some great line, you know, and that's the difference between a cop and a maniac cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really good. I'm like, oh my god. What what was the difference that he explained? I don't remember. If you search it, what the difference between a cop and a maniac cop? It's a uh, it's he does some type of soliloquy about it. Uh, also, Danny Trejo. Do you spot Danny Trejo? No. Uh, Danny Trejo is in prison. Uh, when they go to jail. Okay. When Maniac Cop and the uh, well, well, when the serial killer guy goes to jail, mm-hmm. is waiting for Maniac Cop to spring him. Uh, Daniel Trejo's in there. Oh wow, I didn't see that. Also, uh, Sam Raimi makes a cameo in the first, in the first one, one and yeah. second one. Oh, what's he in the? Se- I knew it was the I, reporter I, in the I first. I don't remember one. what he is in the second one. I didn't catch it. Honestly, I didn't either. I don't know what Sam Raimi even looks like to be honest with you. He's like kind of like looks like a little like Jewish lawyer guy. He's like, hey, hey, I'm Sam Raimi. Yeah. That's what he looks like. That's yeah. the only thing he says. Also, there was a. Uh, for some reason, I, I wrote the joke down. There was some like Italian guy, and I'm like, oh, if he was undead, you can call him a, a gabagool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that's a cool one. Good food joke. Pretty cool. That's what they could should have called that horror movie that they make in The Sopranos. You watch The Sopranos? Um, not like all of them. No. Well, this guy, uh, one of the one of the guys in the family, he makes like a mobster horror movie. Mm. They call it. They should have called it Gabagool. Yeah, he's like an Italian mobster. That's pretty good. Uh, evil guy. Yeah. And, uh, um. So like, my only two notes for this movie was Cordell is now Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. and good burning body falling out of a building scene. <laughs> yeah, the, the burning body. That's all I got. Looks like shit. But uh, so <laughs> so he gets to uh. You know, I don't remember much in between this movie. I just remember that guy. The new main character is just frustrating. He's awful. He has hat. Uh, he has his hat on, and he's um. 
And it's like, what? Like, what's the point of his character? Like, see, he used to date, or he was married to who, Maniac Cop's girlfriend, like his, his accomplice in the first movie. I don't think so. No. I didn't get that from them. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like get what his character was about. He was just a cop. Okay. Just a cop, just a rogue cop. He's all like, loose. I just don't care about psychiatrists. Yeah, he doesn't care, and the psychiatrist somehow gets looped into cop shit now. I don't know why. Because yeah. they're like, you can identify the serial killer, but then she's just like, I'm just gonna do all types of cop stuff now because I'm right. involved. Um, but no, there there are some great scenes that I like, like him walk, like I said, him walking out of the shooting range, really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, him on fire. At the end, the fight scene on fire. Fight was, scene on fire. That was cool. cool. That's why I like the guy falling out of the window. Pretty cool. He's killing all these prisoners that killed him. In that, jail. Was a, that was a that was a cool shot scene where he's just yeah. wa- that like giant do- um, walkway. It was like really high ceilings, and yeah, he's like on fire, just throwing the prisoners into the walls. That was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, he's just completely unhinged, hanging out with serial killers and yeah. just doing whatever. It's you know, it's classic like you know, eighty slasher sequel. It's more like you said, it's unhinged. Like he's just going, he's off the fucking rails. The body counts higher. There's some cooler gimmicks and stuff, but, but for me, I just wasn't into the story. I, I, the downfall is the main character, man. It's like not having an interesting guy because like Tom right. Atkins was cool. Yeah, you know, we can get behind him and Bruce Campbell yeah. at the same time. Right, you know, even the girl, the prostitute cop girl. Yeah, you know, we can. I can. I can get down with that. But this dude is is awful. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, there's nothing to like about it. That's and so many sequels. Is just you know? like bland. I feel like that's you know? a lot of like horror movie sequels. You can get behind the first one because like there's a likable actress. Even you know like like Leprechaun. You know, get behind Jen Jen Aniston. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you take away the the. She's in Friends. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you take away that one likable aspect, and you think you can just. Keep doing more of the same, but when you take away that one relatable, likable thing, it, you you lose more than I guess you had planned on. And okay, so it, it ends. He dies, right? He he gets killed. Yeah, they have a fu- <laughs> they have a funeral, right? Yeah, and they, they have a funeral. This yeah. man, <laughs> yeah, he's buried with full honors, right? Yeah, <laughs> as a cop, yeah. full honors. Yeah, he's murdered. Yeah. Probably like a hundred innocent people, <laughs> including cops, including cops. And there's tons of tons cops of cops, and, yeah. and the priest is up there saying, "We, I had this wrote down. We can't sit in judgment of this man. What? <laughs> what the? F- yes, you can, dude." He killed so many people. I thought that was like a dream sequence at first. This is real. I was like, is this like what would have happened like if he didn't yeah, kill these people and he got well. a proper burial? It's like, no, this is he killed well, everyone. You know what? For everything, for all he did, he was he was a cop. <laughs> like, Yo, what like, is the, the what are we supposed to take from that? It's insane. It's insane. Full honors, dude. American flags, a fucking touch of cops there, just paying their respects. Your goddamn hero, Cordell. Jesus. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then they throw, they throw uh, the police badge on the coffin. Yeah, right. And then at the end, you see his hand burst through the coffin and yeah. grab the police badge. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, at that point I decided I would I wouldn't be watching a third. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't have time. Uh, yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't. Li- I I really didn't like this movie, so I had no. So I'm gonna, we're gonna let, we'll do ratings and we're gonna let you take it home with Maniac Cop three here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Ratings. Are I'm good. gonna just um, 
lie face down on the floor and let you finish. Okay. Um, ratings, I give this like a three. I don't know. It was terrible. I mean, the the what like I, I like the fact that he was more of a zombie. Like the scenes you described, the the shooting range and the on fire. That's cool. I'll give it three points. I I guess. Okay. But yeah, and even like I can't even call this an eighty slasher because it was nineteen ninety. So yeah. for now, and now it's out of my wheelhouse. It, it's lost its interest Ooh. to me. Not negotiating a time. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'll give it a five. Okay. I'll give it a five. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And this, yeah, it, it was somehow hot, better reviewed than the original. Or maybe that's like Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, I think, just fucks with you sometimes. But I think this is, like, they showed, recently they showed this at the Coolidge and not the first one. You really? I mean? Like, this is the movie that they show hmm. instead of Maniac Cop 1. That's weird. Which is strange. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. I mean, people, I don't know, like, listeners tweet at us. They're, like, they're, let us know, do, yeah. do, do people, I, mean, I, I want to know if other people like this movie. I, I, I think it's cause, because in this movie there are more iconic scenes than there is, like, uh, an interesting film. Yeah, like, yeah the, fair the enough. Pace, the mm-hmm. pacing in two is still pretty good. Like, it's still paced pretty well. It's, I thought it was, uh, too, it was too much of the psychiatrist shit in the beginning. Yeah. I, I still think there's a lot of action going on. You know, And that car che- scene chase was just way too long for me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, if people like it. I, I can see why. I mean, it's still fun, you know. I, and, it, it, you know, some of the tropes that they revisit are cool. I like that he's a zombie, but, yeah, I don't know. just didn't do it for me like the first. All right, cool. Uh, then I'll go into this uh, this mini thing here about uh, Maniac Cop 3. Yeah, go all Badge yours. of Silence. I am curious to know why it's called that. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, it's basically uh, uh, what my girlfriend called it is a bride of maniac cop. Oh, okay, it's like that. Basically, okay. He wants a girlfriend. Okay. They also uh finally reveal the supernatural uh origins. All right, let's hear that. So they go back and they show a couple scenes, and then they'll pan down and show like a voodoo mark with a bloody feather on the ground. Fuck that. I voodoo hate guy. this movie already. Voodoo guy. This is what they did to uh, Michael Myers in part six. It's a symbol of injustice oh, of what was done to him. He reigns justice. Even though he's killing innocent people. Like, he's not bringing justice. Yeah. Injustice was done to him. But he's not bringing justice to anything. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. And that's what I learned growing up. And also, in the third one, I kind of am just ended up just rooting for Maniac Cop. Because mm. all the pigs, there's, there's fucking cops and doctors, and they're all just corrupt <laughs> i didn't i didn't know they're we had reached the point of the podcast where now we're just referring to cop characters as pigs um, it started off I mean, as a pretty positive note okay. for police uh, respect to the special <laughs> fans that's what i'll say <laughs> you know we got special fans yeah, okay. uh being corrupt yeah sure and uh doctors being corrupt all right i like that more and uh it it opens with uh, basically, uh, Jackie Earl Hurley, who you know him? Yeah, he's he, from Rorschach, he, and he's yeah. the new Freddy Krueger. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's like a drug addict, and he's like robbing this place and doing, t- doing tons of drugs. And this girl cop, who is totally a pig, she has like, uh, she has like an illegal automatic weapon in her car, and she just like starts using it. Okay. On them, and uh, she gets shot a bunch, and she's in the hospital, and maniac cop somehow figures this out and is like wicked into it because she's in a coma and she's gonna die he's like oh let's voodoo her then we'll do the old bride of frankenstein kind of thing okay you know and um and guy michael lerner's character is back from the last one he's the main character 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's also the other main character is just this hot doctor. And they immediately, when soon as people start dying, it's like, we should fuck, mm-hmm. is basically how it goes. Um, they immediately just start making out whenever they can, because mm-hmm. their friends are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trying times. And he's a badass now. He's turned into a badass. He has, like, cool fucking gun scenes and stuff like that. Maniac cop? Uh, no, Michael Lerner, the cop. Oh. He's like, <clears throat> okay. he lost the hat and the duster. Okay. And now he's just dual pistol like cool moves mm-hmm. you know um he's not just pissed at psychiatrist anymore yeah now he's they just fle- uh, fleshed him out a little yeah he's fleshed out he's a hero um also let's see one of my notes is yeah still not a single cop believes in due process they all think maniac cop is a hero they still do yeah um <laughs> that's kind of awesome i wrote <laughs> I was a little deep in my cups at this point. I wrote voodoo equals black person chicken Satanism. Hmm. That's not that's not fine. That's a little bit of a generalization. Uh, yeah, and also, uh, oh, say, so number two and three both probably have about 20 minutes of footage from the first movie. Yeah. <clears throat> like, so it, it's just... You know what that is? It's insane. That's we, a cop-out. Yeah, we... Yeah, we <laughs> Like the 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 entire uh, scene of a Cordell getting killed, we don't have to watch that in every single movie. The way that the second one just started, I, yeah. I do not like when movies just start with the climax yeah, the first, of the first yeah, one. Yeah, the first one was a lot. That's another. I, that, mean, I mean, the second one was all was a lot of movie from the. I don't want to just keep going back it to it, but that was exa- like, the same thing with Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Starts with the fucking, you know, it starts with the climax of the first one, and then it kills off the first character. Oh, I mean, man. this guy is clearly a, a pretty big uh, Sean S. Cunningham, Friday 13th fan. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 this movie just really plays out like some weird police Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So there's no, there's no, um, there's you don't find out why it's called Badger yeah, I mean, of Silence. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scenes though. here that, like, oh, you would have to see for me to talk to you about it, but it's like, I'm sure nobody listening has even seen this fucking movie. It's it's boring. Yeah, it's so boring. Like the the pacing of action and stuff that's in the first two is completely gone. Mm. Things are barely happening. He's barely killing people. Man, it's uh, like the best scene. There is a really cool scene at the end. He is in like, it's like a medical. It's like an, a hearse ambulance. Uh-huh. It looks like the Ghostbusters car. Nice. And he's in it, and it's on fire. He's on fire. So this is giant car chase where he's just on fire. They love like, lighting this guy on fire. It was pretty cool. Like it, that, that scene was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like pretty much how it ends. Like, uh, like you do the car chase, and then they kill him. And then uh, how do they kill him? <sighs> Gosh, I don't even remember. <laughs> he's just on fire. Drives off into the sunset. Yeah, I think maybe they shoot him finally in the face or something while he's on fire. I don't remember. Okay. We I watched two and three right after each other, mm-hmm. and I was drinking a lot of wine. Yeah. And I think me and my girlfriend were both just yelling at the TV a lot. Right. At that point. Yeah, I give you credit for making it through. I mean, after uh-huh. I watched two, there was no way I was going to watch the third one. Yeah. This doesn't even have a, uh, a rating on, like, the thermometer. Tom- but yeah, every, everyone's movie sucks. Me. I'm glad Maniac Cop kills everyone in this movie. Yeah. Um, 
so this was it, right? I mean, there was no sequel. Now we're looking at a remake next year. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it. doesn't suck when franchises just fizzle out like that. I mean, wouldn't it, it would have been fun? It could have done it, with one could've. more, right? But I get. I guess what happened for the third one though is that like, uh, so it was two people directing it, and Lustig dropped out halfway through. There are a lot of disagreements between him and the other director. Okay. So he pieced out halfway through the movie. Oh, the, which okay. is kind of that I feel never like why is a good this thing. whole thing probably so, fell apart. So you know what? Like what you described about this movie is what I. Another reason why I just wouldn't have liked it. This is a theory I just came up with just this evening. It's called double reasoning. Double reasoning. And it's in go on. It's in horror movies. I mean, this was a self-contained plot in the first one. They they it was a killer. They gave the killer a motive. They gave the monster a, a, an identity and a motive and a story. Okay, mm-hmm. he was wronged by the city. He wants to take revenge on the city that wronged him, specifically the politicians that put him in jail. And now in the third one, now he's had some voodoo curse, and that's—it's yeah. just I don't like the backpedaling and go, oh well, well he really did it because of this. They did it yeah, to Michael Myers that's what they in do Part in Six. I hate that. They do that to everyone, yeah. I'm going to write so, an, an, a dissertation be, called because, The Art of Dozel, uh, Double Reasoning, like, or I Lack get, Thereof. I get why, though, because they want to make more money. This person is, they've lasted so many movies, right? Mm-hmm. They've died so many times. They've been defeated so many times. You know, how can you justify yeah, them? I get that's a, a con- big motive. Their continued existence. But you why know? not just make him, uh, he's supernatural. There's, there doesn't need to be any further justification. He is a monster. Monsters don't die unless you... You know, uh, come up, come up with another. But you have to have the answer that he's a monster. Like Michael Myers, you don't know he's a monster for real. Like you do know, but you no one's ever says it. You don't know why. Well, Michael Myers, people people want the first Halloween is so brilliant because he was an evil, and there didn't need to be an explanation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But as it gets spread out, you know, as the movies go on, the the plot thickens, so to speak, to to the point where at the third one, Paul Rudd is explaining via runes on like an old eighties like. Windows computer, and like this is the ring of revenge, which Michael has. See, it was always there, and it's like, it's like the same thing, like in like in our last episode in, in the ring, you know, like that was a mystery that got solved at the end. And yeah. In the second one, it's like, like oh well, she just wants a mom. It's like oh well, I have to go in the video to yeah, find it's her. Like what? The oh, I have fuck? to close the well. Yeah, that was completely wrapped up. I mean, I right. mean, it wasn't. Was like she still. Wants to kill, but like we get it, but we yeah, get all it. the answers are there, right? Yeah, and I hate just it, yeah. it, it just it smudges the the original to to keep going back like that. I hate I hate when franchises do that. Mm. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's complicated to try to uh, to satisfy the curiosity of the viewer and also still like uh, continue telling a story. But the, what uh, what, what with, curiosity with, are you with, satisfying without per- perverting it? Be, be, because you need to. Who's ju- curious after Mania Cop Two? Because you need to justify the motivations of the character, or at least the existence of a continued character. But they did that. That's been done. I don't. I mean, okay. So let's say you. Do you really think, for, you know, for for Jason, let's say, right? Like, so they made it to to five, before Supernatural. Um. Yes. Right, and six. He, he to. Six. six, six, part five was wasn't technically good. Jason. Yeah, okay. Six is where yeah, he's yeah, zombie yeah, yeah. Jason gotcha, and comes gotcha, back. Gotcha. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but after that, you have to. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, well, and I was o- I keep, was okay with that. You know? I I I didn't mind how the Friday Thirteenth movies handled it, 
because the first, it was like they were kind of like, oh, well, he, th- you know, the, the way that they did it was different. They changed the story after the first one. They changed well, the Well, I killer. guess that's true because they're not saying it was always this one. Right. right. I guess that's true. That is kind of different. As opposed to saying for like Michael Myers is like he was always like a symbol of the devil or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, it's not to say that those franchises aren't without their plot holes. Of course they are. But I think there's a fun way. There's not necessarily a right or wrong way to do it, but there are stupider ways to do it. And this one is strange because it's uh, usually it's unwriting by other directors. But this is William Lowe's take all the way through. Right. Until the third one, there's also a second director, which is maybe where this is coming from. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Because you would have thought at a second one he would be trying to explain exactly why. They didn't do. He's a zombie, and he d- they don't. Right. You know, and that was fine. Uh, I, I didn't take any issue. Fine. With that. Yeah, me neither. So why make yeah, that an issue in the yeah. third one? I was already over it. Right. You know. I think that's just like in tr- in, in tr- like maybe trilogies. That's what they they feel like. Like they did that with the Dark Knight too. Like I was, I'm such a fan of Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. And the more I watch The Dark Knight Rises, the less I like it, just because it's like Christopher Nolan is trying so hard to circle back and to tie in the first movie, and like this really is the end of the trilogy, and this is just as much a sequel to the original as the second one. And there's too much connecting the dots that never needed to be connected to begin with. Uh, maybe it's our generation. Like, when we talked to Ken Reed, I remember something he said was that uh, millennials like rules. Mm. You know what I mean? I remember they, him saying that. They want to... To know, they want to know everything. They know, you know, defeat something. They don't want any when when they're watching something. You don't want anything to be unknown to them. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to grasp the entire thing, which I don't think is necessarily the answer to making something scary. You know, like right. the entire idea that can take of it away a lot of the unknown. Time. You know, right, like yeah. like you, you can't even describe what he's fucking talking about. He's telling you these things are so horrifying you can't describe them. You yeah. know, uh, there are no fucking rules. So I right. I, I don't know, uh, maybe. Meaning that's something that's like, uh, that's some type of a, uh, it's like fan service. Like people get angry about it, but it's still something that makes a movie better. You know what I mean? Like right. it's listening to your fans too much or something like that. Right. Or it's like, well, I want to know. It's like, well, you know what? You don't get to know, bitch. Like then you're still going to come back. Right. You know? I think I, that, I don't know. I think like movie studios are too afraid of ambiguity. They, Truly, they don't yeah. want to leave any unanswered questions. And I think directors are okay with that. If you have a vision, it doesn't need well, to be wrapped up in a bow. Well, some people look at that as a plot hole, though. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. If something's not answered, then they look at that as a plot hole. Right. Not necessarily like something, well, you know what? You don't you don't need to know this. Right. Or I don't want you to know this. I think just movie studios are just like, you know, a director will bring a movie to them and they'll go, no, we need this a- answered. We yeah. need the audience to it's be true. able to clap at the end. There's probably a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, but it, I don't know if that's the case here. I think that's the case with a lot of stuff. Think about like even um, like Black Christmas. You know, that okay. was a very ambiguous ending. There was no real answers. Just it's kind great. of ended, and that was great. We both loved the ambiguity of yeah. that. It was fru- it was frustrating, but like I still but it was I'm cool. Totally wicked with it. So I'm curious. I, I never saw the the remake of Black Christmas, but I'd be Me willing either. to bet that it's it's wrapped up a little bit more neatly. And I think it was I think it was Toby Hooper. Who did the, uh, the original? remake? Oh, the remake? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe I didn't see it, so I no, can't really no, comment wait, on who it. Did, who, who did the original? Did Toby Hooper do the original? Yeah, I think. It, okay, yeah. then I don't know who did the remake. I thought someone said. Yeah, I thought to- I read something about that today. Yeah, Toby Hooper did the original. But okay, I, okay, never mind. Yeah. I forget who directed it. Um, then I don't know who did the remake. I mean, the remake still be terrible. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that der- uh, in in closing, I think it would be nice to just see. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just the victim of being a franchise as well. I think 
the more the further you go, they that you can't keep things ambiguous. You have to wrap up all loose ends, and that's where franchises start to lose their steam. You lose the magic of what happened originally because there's too many dots being connected, too many questions because, being answered that you never wondered. And also, when you wrap something up, if something's going to continue, uh, maybe that that's kind of probably what it is. Is like when you wrap up something. And then you have a franchise. They have to fucking. They gotta rip the wrapping paper right off and it's like, like figure it out again. Right. So that's where everything gets messy. Yeah. And there's always new directors, new people in new directions. Like with a new story. Like if it's something that the story's told, and I have to try to continue a story that's already been told. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna not be perversions. Sure. In, in you know, it's not an organic way to to. For art, really, you know. But it ha- like, in, in this franchise, this is the same director and writer. I, I guess they got switched up yeah. at the end. Yeah. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. I guess it's tough to if you're going to keep a franchise going to keep that at level of mystery. It's just not going to happen. So we bring in new ones, maybe, rather than trying to answer old questions. Yeah. I don't know. How do we how do we answer this? This is an open discussion. This hey, who knows? Hey, we're just talking, dude. We're just we're just asking the There's questions. A couple here. of boys. A couple of guys asking couple questions. Spooky boys. Yeah. Um. I know. What do you think? Let's. You want to rate this and uh, get out of here? Yeah, I didn't see it, so I go to zero. Oh, I guess that's true. Why am I asking you for a rating? <laughs> I'll give it a sweet three. <laughs> <laughs> so you went from seven five to three in this franchise. Yeah, I went Absolutely. seven three zero. So but I didn't zero. see it. To be fair, big drop off. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the on fire car chase. Great. Hey, I'm both for uh, two and three. Big fan of the on fire stuff. Yeah, really piquing my interest. Good stunt. Work. I like yeah, like a guy on fire. Mm-hmm. Really know how to get me. Good stunt work. But uh, yeah, I think that's it for us. Yeah. Uh, subscribe and uh, review us yeah. on iTunes, please. You know, um, Luke's going to tour next week. We're gonna try to record one again before that to yeah. release. Uh, yes. And you know, happy happy one year anniversary! Hey, really. happy anniversary to you! Happy anniversary, we everyone! Do it for out one there. year, that's great. Hey, man! You know, we're in, we're uh, we're um we're rediscovering new mysteries every time. Yeah, every time. This is part two of Dead Last Podcast, year two. Yeah, baby. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, the sequel works out as well. Maybe Spectral Jeff, and we'll talk about him again. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he hasn't been in the. St- uh, he's not even here. Yeah, he has unfinished business, I guess, somewhere else. I wonder yeah. if he's out. You think he's out there, like tormenting some other studio? Well, honestly, uh, I've been read. I uh, I'm subscribed to like Eddie Vedder on like his blog, mm-hmm. and uh, it sounds like that Spectral Jeff is fucking with Pearl Jam. No way. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like the ectoplasm saying "fuck you guys" in the walls. Really. A lot of just like uh, Ouija, like. Uh, not a you know ruining sound you know you know and before um like years ago the mars volta before they did an album Mm. that i really love francis the mute Mm. they had all this um like un like inexplicable weird shit happen in their studio and tons of tapes got ruined Mm. i mean maybe spectral jeff is kind of at the root of every studio disaster Maybe. I mean, he might be like a bigger entity than we've thought. We've always just thought he died in this studio and kind of so hung I mean, around. We don't even know his origin story. He's just like he was just in the studio and like he does a soundboard. So maybe he's he's going around soundboard to soundboard, you know, kind of yeah. like being like, hey, you know, you guys, I have unfinished business. 
with the guys from Mars Volta, I'm gonna yeah, you know, take it out on them and Eddie Vedder. But you know, Eddie Vedder, I understand. You know, we should look him. more into this. We should. The saga of Spectral Jeff, just beginning. You know what? Maybe this might take us down a ring style, uh, yeah. investigative route. Yeah, let's see what we can find here. Let's see what Spectral Jeff's been up to. Let's see how deep this mystery goes. Yeah, I'm into it. So how about next time? Uh, maybe we'll get at you. We're, we'll see what we can dig up. Yeah. On uh, on our old sound ghost, Spectral Jeff. Yes. Abandon us. Stay tuned for Dead Ca- Dead Last Podcast Season Two, aka. The exploration of Spectral Jeff. The exploration of Spectral Jeff. The exploration of Spectral Jeff and the exploitation. The exorcism of Lopez. Okay. I love exorcism movies. I can't wait to crawl on the ceiling and have big eyes. Well, Spider Boy. Spider Boy beat me. Spider Boy. See you guys later. This is what you get.